Gary V Audio Experience. Gary, how are you, man? I'm well, my friend. Thank you for having me on. Hey, well, thank you for doing this. I know how busy you are. You're a very busy man. So listen, I know we've got a certain amount of time. There's two things I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about football. And I want yep. to talk to you about, and I want to talk to you about Bitcoin. Let's do it. Let's start with football. And there's two things I know about the Jets, right? Okay, firstly, I know you want to buy them. Yes. And then secondly, I don't know why you want to buy them because I know they suck. They have not won a football game this entire season. They are zero wins, 10 losses as of the moment we're recording this. That's a record, right? It's not a record. There are two teams in the American uh, NFL Football League that have gone 0-16. There's 16 games in a season. Uh, And there's one team when they used to play 14 games in the late 70s that was 0-14. However, in comparison to the two teams that went 0-16, yeah. Um, they have been worse than those two teams in the first 10 games. So it has definitely been a challenge watching every single play, which is what I do. Um, <laughs> you know, I, uh, you know, picking up, knowing your accent and, you know, making some assumptions that there's some proper football fans listening. You know, I am an American football fan that looks more like a proper, you know, Premier League European football fan. I, I actually completely live and die with the New York Jets. Like I'm in a worse mood this morning because they lost yesterday. Um, other than I actually want them to lose so that they have more leverage for the draft, which is how it works here. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, they represent America. I came to, you know, I was born in the Soviet Union. I didn't know how to speak English. And one of the first things that really Americanized me was American football and the Jets. And you know, it's once a week, it's on Sunday. It takes on a little bit of like that church, you know, kind of religion um, thing. And, and I had a very, I was fond of all sports growing up, but when I started my professional career, I worked a lot. And the, I worked until 10 p.m to close the liquor store, what that meant was I missed an enormous amount of hockey, baseball, and basketball games. And so the Jets being once a week, only 16 weeks a year normally because they didn't make the playoffs that often, um, became very easy for me to maintain and really ascended to the deepest part of my sports heart and yes, it's a it's a deep passion. I do want to buy them so that I can end the misery. It it allows you know if I own them, I have control, and that's uh, that's what I'm looking for. Well, I want to buy a Bedford Town Football Club. I mean, I don't know how many times you've been to England, but I live in a little town many called Bedford. Times. Well, we, I live in a place called Bedford. It's a really small little shit town. You probably won't know it. So, uh, but it's it's about forty minutes north of uh, London. But I want to buy them. I think they I think they'll be a bit cheaper than the Jets. What what uh what league are they in? So, do you follow English football? Enough to know Premier League. I know that you know under you get relegated down below. Are they three down, four down? No. So below that you have the Championship, and then yep. you have League League One, two, League Two, and then you have the Conference. Yeah. You have Conference North, Conference South, and then you have yep. about seven, seven more divisions, and then that's Bedford Town. <laughs> How many people go to a Bedford Town game? About fifty. Five zero. About five zero. Yeah. I love it. Luke, I think Luke. I might be. I think I want to become a Bedford Town fan. You, is, you, what, what's you the should. colors? What's the we're colors? Bl- 
Blue. We play. We called. We play in blue. But listen, we we did. We were once big. We we used to get thousands. We once drew with Arsenal in in the cup. But we don't really? have a team. Yeah, we don't have a team. So that's my goal. What was so, the, so, what, real quick because we have yeah. a few minutes. What was the when when did you draw with Arsenal? When were when were the golden oh, years? God. Let me find that. I think that was like the eighties, or it might be in the seventies. Bedford. Let me look. So not too, awesome. not too, too long ago. No, we used to have a decent ground, but it's before me. It was way before. Oh look, maybe it was like no fifty-five, fifty-six. We had a two-two draw with Arsenal. Uh, we used to have a ground, but we should have, like we the size of town we have. We should have a team, but so that was always my goal. Is I'm going to buy them and I'm going to get them in the football league. And, uh, I love then it. I, and then I'm going to invite you, Gary. I'm going to get you over. We're going to go and watch Bedford play Arsenal. I'm, you like, I'm on board. Do you like an English team? Is there a team you like? You know, I like the Spurs a little bit because they've never won. You know, um, and I like that they haven't won for 40 or 50 years. I So three, four years ago, I tried to get into them, but the re- I said, you know what? I just love this sport. Um, let me pick a team that's in the Premier League, but not, not, a perennial winner who hasn't, who's like the Jets, who hasn't won since the 60s. And they had Kane and, and it felt right. But then the reality is the season started where I was gonna get very locked in and my little guy started playing baseball and he, I just, I, if I don't, I can't be a fake fan. So I gave one try three, four years ago to be a Spurs fan. I did not pull it off. So at this point I still am not one, however, I really enjoy the sport quite mm. a bit. I mean, the World Cup has become something that I think about actively as I can't wait for it. And I, I watch a lot, you know, I, you know, I invest in it now because I, I bought an enormous amount of Mbappe rookie cards. I've been thinking about buying up a bunch of uh, Sancho, like I, I'm paying attention more. I can speak mm-hmm. lightly to it in a way that I couldn't five or ten years ago. Um, it continues to gain momentum with me, but uh, but I, I would have to say officially today I'm not. I gave it a try four years ago with the Spurs. I did not pull it off, and so I have to officially go with no. I'm not. I'm you know I'm not. You know it's actually it's a very funny conversation similar to Bitcoin. You know, there's things I really understand and then there's things that I'm like everybody else in other categories where I have an understanding but I haven't put in the time and effort to really go deep. I know that I Mm -hmm. would be an incredible proper football fan because I love sports where every match counts. So the structure of the league is incredibly done well. I love passionate fans where people get very territorial and I like to fight like I literally like yeah. to fight like when it comes to sports. It's the only place that I'm tough or I think I'm tough. Um, so there's a lot about it that I really like. Similar to Bitcoin, I like, I like the macro thesis of, of peer-to-peer and decentralization and brand building and just a million different things I like about it. However, the serendipity of my career has never taken me to a place where I've gone as deep as you know, the conversations that led to us having this podcast. So I appreciate you having me on and I think it's interesting how those two things tie in, which is they are places of intrigue and and surface level and maybe slightly more than surface level understanding. But in a world where I deeply understand a couple of things, 
it fascinates me when people want to talk about things as experts when they have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Um, and, and for me, I, I tend to try to stay quiet in places I don't know what I'm talking about. Doesn't mean I don't know anything. Doesn't mean, you know, I mean, I, I bought Bitcoin and Ethereum for nothing, you know, seven, eight, nine years. I mean, I'm trying to think what South by that was, maybe 2016, so was that five, no, 14, 15, maybe 15, 15, so maybe, yeah, 2015. So, you know, it's not that I haven't touched. My AJ, my brother's more actively involved. I, I thought a lot, a lot, three years ago about building a coin or, or the thought of personal, like a, re, a reality of like, what if I built a coin infrastructure that gave people access to, like, what if there was a coin for my universe, a small little coin built on top, you know? So I, I think about it, um, but I, de- I definitely am not deep in it the way I am with communication and content and, and the New York Jets and sports cards and, and yeah, direct-to-consumer yeah. brands and other things. Well, listen, look, my background is uh, similar to yours, while not as uh, successful. I had an agency in London once. Uh, We did web marketing, search marketing, emails, social, all of that stuff. I got out of that a a few years ago, uh, got into the Bitcoin thing. But what I would say is that, let me put a couple of questions to you, and then we'll deal with the basics. Okay. Do you know what the price of Bitcoin is today? I saw somewhere on my Twitter line 18,000 get tweeted out over yeah. the last week. So I, I would, my guess would be somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. So we're about 18,500. If I said to you there's a very good thesis for why that price within the next 18 months could easily go above $100,000, even $200,000, does that interest you? Does that make you think, oh shit, I should look at this? You know, let me answer it with a story. At that South Buy in 2015 when I bought it, Yo. In 2016 or 17, when it popped off a little bit, much more than the way we were talking about it in these jam sessions, which is when I would get a bunch of guys and girls together and at South By and we would just talk about the world. I don't remember what the price was, but I remember going around a room with Mark Cuban, Asha Kutcher, Chris Saka, fancy, fancy internet people, and, and the question was very simply, would Bitcoin by the year 2020 be $100,000? And disproportionately, the room was said yes. So it's funny that you asked me that, that you used that exact number, 100K, because that was literally deja vu to something that was a debate four to five years ago in a hotel room in Austin, Texas. I would, would it interest me? Uh, Less than you would think, let me mm-hmm. explain. But sure, of course, you know, you know, nothing, you know, if you're a, if you're a business person, um, if you, it, you know, to me, I would enjoy the getting in and being right more than the dollars associated, not because the dollars are insignificant because that's a lot of money and mm-hmm. I would be very excited if I put in a million dollars for some, at $18,000 a piece and it becomes a hell of, you know, five, X more. I think for me, I've always been, which is why I've never made as much money as I thought or I think or many around me think I could. I'm really passionate about loving the way I make my money more than making money. Mm-hmm. So if you told me, Gary, 18,000, versus Gary, you buy Pokemon and and... Sancho and 
you know, LeBron rookie cards and you go and you make, you know, for that 18,000, you know, it goes to 27,000, I'd probably like that more. I've, I have not enjoyed making money on my companies that I've invested in privately when they go public. I mean, the amount of money, whether it's Shopify or Snap or Twitter or Facebook, or I've made a lot of money on those products on the stock exchange. I, I do not gravitate towards public stock, crypto, venture capital, I, I, I've come to learn that I enjoy operating. Mm-hmm. I like operating and I like alternative investing that fits my happiness at that moment. But let me say something else. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like that doesn't seem so far-fetched. It wouldn't surprise me if it's 12.5 either in a year because I've watched it enough to see that it has its moments, then there's micro stepbacks. Do I believe the macro thesis of blockchain, of blockchain creates a scenario where Bitcoin, the strongest brand that plays on top of it, can get to that level? I, I, that seems very obvious to me as, it's real, that, uh, as something that could happen. Well, we should we should deal with the basics first. Please. I don't think you. I don't think you should ever do a coin. I think you'd regret that. Yeah. I think. I think I doing think, your own coin think, has, has a think, reputational issue. Yeah, not unless it was. See, I think there's a reputational issue in being a personal brand unless you know how to do it. Yeah. I think. But let's all these coins here, tend to fail. Yeah, they, they tend to fail because people are trying to make money off of people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're doing a coin that you're trying to create brand value and create experience and bring more value to the person that holds the coin in actual dollar value than if they didn't, if, if, if organizers of a conference had to pay me $150,000 to give a speech, which is what they have to do today, given my speaking fee career, however, I also ex- accepted VCoin and they actually got me to speak at their conference for what amassed to tracking it back to two years earlier because they were a fan and they bought into it that it cost them $79 to do that. You know, I think, I think to your point, the reason every coin has failed in the micro is because the person or thing behind it has been financially driven and they've tried to not bring as much value in return and have tried to, I don't think people know how to build currencies, my friend. They don't bring value. Yeah, well, I don't know. I think I see. I think the thing with Bitcoin is proven that they know that with that in that instance they know how to build currencies. I just don't think you'll ever get the liquidity behind a coin. Ultimately, people end up selling off. I just I I think they're always fraught with danger. I mean, even they, Ethereum, I mean, the number and two. And by the way, real real quick, when I said yeah. a coin, I, I let me just create clarity. First of all, clearly I agreed with you because I didn't do it. Yeah, number one, good. number yeah. two, <laughs> number two, I I think of a coin as a personality, as something that you do very small for a very small group of people, call it 100,000 people, that creates a fun currency within that ecosystem where the human, much like the way I built my personal brand, which was access, actual engagement, if there's actual value exchange, it was more of a fun way for me to disproportionately reward 
my audience for giving a fuck about me and a way for me to really learn. It, I never had any thought that I was gonna build some fucking real life thing that the world was gonna play on, back to your point, like mm-hmm. a Bitcoin. But I did, I did for a while think of, hey, I can really learn this ecosystem. I'm a learner who learns by doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I'll enjoy learning and if I can bring people enormous value, like if they, bo- if they were given my coins and then you could buy my K-Swiss sneakers instead for 100 bucks, what in essence was free to you or a dollar, like would I be able to continue to JV with the world, right? Would I be able to do things with brands, conferences, experiences? Would I be able to continue to over-deliver for the people that held that currency? I do, I do believe um, my friend, that I think people will create micro realities like that if they are committed to the community, not to themselves, which is a rarity amongst human beings. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I, I understand why you would, and we could talk about that, but Bitcoin's the one. I don't think that, I don't think that's yeah. interesting for anybody yeah. listening. I think um, I just randomly brought it up because I'm trying to think about things that I've actually been thinking about over the last seven years that this has been on my radar. Next. Yeah, let me tell you about what's been happening this year that's been really interesting. Because I've been in Bitcoin now since late 16. Like I first heard about it in 13, but didn't really do anything with it. But late 16, early 17, and I went through the spike and the bear market, which sucked. But what's been really interesting this year, what's really been happening is this cross-section with the pandemic. Uh, So we've had this cross-section with the pandemic. A lot of people on lockdowns, a lot of companies closing here in the UK as well in the US. And like rampant money printing by the government to... Correct. to support furlough schemes a massive increase in the money supply has this relative risk of we see a uh, potential increase in inflation so this is company do you know microstrategy the data no. company okay so they're a data company there's a guy runs that michael saylor he came out of the woodwork this year they had a, a billion dollars in their treasury and he put 450 million of that straight into bitcoin this year his thesis being that the money, the, the dollars he's holding in his treasury is essentially a melting ice cube. Listen, when, when, when paper is printable in perpetuity and not grounded to the gold standard or some other aspect, the thesis is not difficult to understand. Mm. I also think that people are bad at history. There was a time when people traded rocks and, and other things you know, money, you know, by governments is not a forever thing. And so um, people have come along and reinvented currency for a very, very, very long time. I am not educated enough to stand on a soapbox like I am in other things and go deep on this, but as a common sense human being, and that has been my North Star, and as one that believes that humans decide everything in collectives, um, there, I mean, there was a reason. Listen, I didn't have a lot of money when I bought Bitcoin back then. Like, I bought it for a reason. I didn't follow it through. I, I really, at least from a financial standpoint, would have benefited quite a bit from following it through. But the macro thesis of of blockchain is very right. Let's say the macro thesis of Bitcoin, not blockchain. The blockchain thing is just like it's it's such an unimportant part of it. That's just like one of the tools that. Well, yeah, there's I mean, loads of components that, of Bitcoin that make it work. Well, Blockchain is just one of them. To me, the question becomes: if 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 it's if it if you're saying that, what gets fun is that it becomes a game of okay. And this is now question form. 
because obviously mm. I come in not as educated as the majority of people listening. For me then it becomes like, oh, okay, so you're saying this brand is the disproportionate leading brand, which mm. also then speaks to no different than dollar versus yen versus euro, which is, okay, cool. Over the next 50 years of my life, if this plays out, there will be other brands that come along and have the potential to become the leading player, though this one is so grounded for so long, there's a safety within it. But clearly there's a whole lot of, once this quote unquote cat is out of the bag, there will be enormous eight billion people's worth of energy to figure out how to establish other brands because there'll be so much money in the establishment of new brands. That's my question, true or not? Uh, Well, true because it's already happened. It's been happening over the last three years, but they keep failing. Because there's a number of well, unique things well, about that's, the Bitcoin that's, brand. Yeah, but that's that's no different than what I heard from people about why Yahoo would be the search engine in perpetuity. Gary, you're wrong. I, I mean, I had this conversation in 1999 where I was starting to learn the internet. Honestly, in a weird way, very mm. similar to this. I yeah. learned by asking questions from people that know. And I started getting a little nerdy, you know? I was doing the wine thing. Uh, now winelibrary.com's working. I'm like, this internet thing is cool. Let me learn. And I, I asked some really smart Silicon Valley friends, um, people that I went to high school with, that were out there, nerds, Princeton, Yale, you know, all that good stuff. And I was like, so wait a minute, but maybe, maybe I should think about starting a search engine, by the way. Had, you know, talk about something I definitely was never gonna do. Um, but this was you know, late night drinks and you, you're thinking, this is what's so fun. By the way, that's the most fun, I think, of the Bitcoin and other communities of like, when there's emerging tech, it's nothing like that. Because mm-hmm. there's no feeling like, I mean, literally, this is not a joke. I don't, you'll have to explain it for people that are listening. I have goosebumps right now. You see that? Yeah, yeah I see it. Because, because the most fun I've ever had in my life is when new things have happened. Yeah. Dot com, social media. I'm, you know, in a lot of Bitcoin. ways, I probably, sh- I should have been really in that Bitcoin game because it was another big technology shift. Inevitably, VR, AR, other voice, all those things are coming. Um, they're always my favorite because you're really inventing the future. You're really, mm-hmm. you have to think. And I remember saying to my friend, Ken Osowski, I said, you know, but maybe I, but won't, there's gonna be another search engine. He said, no, no, Yahoo's too locked in and others have tried, asked Jeeves, Lycos, Dogpile, and obviously then it played out with Google. And, and very honestly, it's one of my biggest things I've been thinking about lately, which is, it almost intuitively feels to me that it's time for somebody to come along and become the next search engine. Like, I can't believe that I'll die 50 years from now where Google was the search engine in perpetuity. I get excited about that. So I think, I think one thing for people that are overly bullish on Bitcoin, and I, there's a lot of reasons to be, what, I think it would be crazy to think that there aren't going to be things that come along in the next 20 to 40 years that are on par, if not become the actual brand. Yeah, I think there's a lot of difficulties with that. And I understand your your point. I think, because we then had Alta Vista, didn't I remember Alta Vista being the one, and then Google came along. But really, the search engine came down to, did it find me the best result? In the end, if it found me the best result, it's a very easy thing to switch between. Um, like gold has been the dominant store of value for what, thousands of years now. And you know, Bitcoin has now taken 
market share from gold. There's increasingly people moving their money from gold into Bitcoin because it's a better form of money than gold. The, the only difference in that scenario is that gold was a physical product. Bitcoin is a brand. They're, but they're both brands in some way. Yes, but, but the ability to replicate, you know, going out right now and saying, hey, everybody, lock your economics into concrete or into tulips, which would mm-hmm. be a very good example for historians that are listening, or something else, I would say is a dramatically more difficult you know, cl- uh, jump from gold in our contemporary society than from somebody, once they understand the ramifications of what you said just now, mm-hmm. when you think about the economics associated with the statement that you're, or the assumption or, the, or what you're alluding to here, which is Bitcoin becomes the standardization, you now have an entire world of governments, trillionaires, you know, Putin alone can start a currency with the amount of money he's hidden. Like, you start talking about, if, if it's open, as one would understand it to be, there's just so much rationale to human behavior for many to give it a much bigger try than what I think you've seen over the last three to four years. You know, when, when this gets real fucking real, 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 the mm-hmm. efforts of trying to establish will be remarkably uh, different. Not to mention, in a world where governments are nationalizing, I mean, look, look what's going on around the world. You know, we, we're living through an amazing rise of nationalism, right? Mm-hmm. Brazil, India, America, I would argue, was the tipping point. Uh, what's going on in Eastern Europe is reminiscent of the things we saw in the turn of the 1900s. Um, there is a whole lot of government DNA that really doesn't win if this emerges to that truth. And one would argue that for this to go all the way through and become the foundation that many believe it will, there will be an enormous amount of carnage and war that it triggers, which is something to debate and think about, not from a, hey, let's not support this because it's gonna create war. I would argue humans have done an incredible job as an animal and a species to continue to make it better and better. And I, you know, I live in a world in my mind where I don't think I'll see it, but if I'm watching down from heaven in 3029 and saying, oh shit, no countries, that's cool. I see how that happened. I can see the chess moves, but I think, I think this is very big girl, big boy talk of what it means for this to become something that is what the world's economics are grounded towards. Yeah, and you, look, you're you're essentially asking the same questions I I've been asking for you know, three to four years myself, and a lot of it I was very skeptical and dismissive of at first. But you know what's funny? You know, over you know time, what's funny, my up. friend? You know, you know yeah. what's funny? Uh, you know, I hope, uh, you know, it's, I, I re, I'm going to really nail this point. I, uh, I hope nobody is confused by my tone and tenor. No. I'm, uh, I'm actually remarkably not skeptical or cynical. I would actually argue if you rewind the last 13 minutes, and especially if you consume my content mm. and know my tones and tenors. Oh, I know you're actually. Yeah, so then you know this. Then I would say, I don't think I'm actually cynical uh, at all. I actually think this is a wildly fun, thoughtful mind place to go into. I think it's very possible that the most bullish people 
on Bitcoin's point of view, see their day. I also think that if that is true, I think people have not talked about the other side of what happens in a world where, if Bitcoin's 200,000, Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that come along with that. Of course, yeah, man. Look, I've talked about these things. And, I, and so, and by the way, do I think that Russia or America or London, uh, excuse me, England, UK, uh, China need to actually exist? I'm being serious now. Do mm-hmm. I believe they need to actually exist? The answer is no, I don't. Like, you know, when people are like, Gary, mm-hmm. you know, like, <laughs> I had a good friend, he's like, Gary, you don't fucking get it with Bitcoin. I'm like, bro, I'm not... <laughs> anti-Bitcoin, I'm busy in what I'm focusing about and like I'm thrilled if you make a trillion and I make $40. I'm just, I'm just, I've never been, uh, like currency and central banking, like that's just not the stuff that like gets my, like I want a garage sale and find something for five bucks and sell it for 10 bucks. Like I'm not out here worrying about money. It's just not my framework, it's not it. I'm like, comma, comma, I think Bitcoin winning is small in the way that I think of the thousand years ahead of us could be. I'm not, you know, because I probably believe in Bitcoin and things like Bitcoin really happening. I'm, by the way, I'm a complete believer that that the printing of money is something people really don't understand and if mm-hmm. at scale they understand, well, it changes everything. I mean, let, I hope everybody understands, people fight wars over religion. It becomes ideology. It becomes how you see the world. If, uh, if four billion people just decide Bitcoin's more valuable than money, then it is. It just then is. It's just how humans are, it's how humans work. Hmm. And so I, I actually think Bitcoin is a preview to a humanized reset on what things people believe because information has always been the most important thing in the world. It's why books really fucking mattered. The printing press changed everything. And I think we are very naive on how early we are in internet society. And I think that there's a whole lot, comma, these countries, these countries are not gonna go down and just say, oh, okay. Like, like I think people are very confused of like the people that are leaders in the world. I promise everybody right now, Vladimir Putin is not gonna be like, oh cool, money's not worth anything. I mean, he's spent his whole life trying to mass all of it. So, you know, I think people have to think through, you know, the social and human ramifications of a $200,000 Bitcoin. But, but I'm, you know, I'm, I, I can see the path. And I, and I definitely do believe that if that becomes true, that the attempts to create another Bitcoin are gonna be far greater than I think most people will realize because then, then like I said earlier, then all bets are off and everybody just goes gun-ho. But I think the reason those ones fail is for the same reason that Bitcoin exists and is a, it's difficult for I governments agree. to attack and switch off. The decentralization, to actually hit that level of decentralization, I I I feel like Bitcoin is so far ahead for somebody else to actually. But they're not. Bitcoin but they're not going. They're not going to use branded technology. They're going to use weapons. You think a government's going to fight a cryptocurrency versus currency battle with with a marketing firm? They're going to fight well, it with no, weapons. No. But that's a different point. Like it's, it's no. But it's it, an inc- it, no no. It's the most important point. 
Yeah, but that we're talking there. This is talking about will governments accept Bitcoin and will they attack it? I mean, I think in some ways the U.S. government is accepting Bitcoin because I think it realizes it's a very American idea and it realizes actually it's something they can't switch. America, off. America loves the idea of America when it's in its vested interest. Well, I think a lot of the Bitcoin's held in America, so maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, but not, not, not. That's on an individual basis. I think. Listen, I love America. I'm so grateful to have lived in America and leave communist Soviet Russia, but I, I think it's a heady conversation. I think it's a fascinating conversation where, where I think I'm fascinated when I skim or I read my Twitter timeline or I get involved with a buddy over a dinner who's deep into the space. I don't think the reply from the most powerful, the most wealthy governments, organizations, people that found themselves sitting on cash at the tipping point, I don't think their response is gonna be to build up Ethereum or to, like, I don't, I think people are very naive of how the world works. And, and I think the timing's bad. I think people think the timing's good. I actually think the timing's bad. Let me explain. We are going into garden walls. Just like internet companies are building up their garden walls and not sharing data, Apple versus Amazon versus Google versus you know, you know, Alibaba and, and that whole ecosystem, Tencent, I think that governments are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have never in the last 50 years been a point in our global society where we have m- more walls being put up by governments on a daily basis. You know, governments have used these excuses of terrorism to create nationalism at scale and these leaders um, will not give up leverage. China and Russia and are, yeah, I mean, I I think they, you know, I I think they do have a choice. They have a choice to fight it. They might lose. They might lose. And this goes back to the bigger heady Mm. point, which is like, fuck man, do governments, our countries, to me, Bitcoin is money. I mean, we're talking about a very big subject matter here. We're not even talking about the thought of freedom or money for one person, right, the dictator. We're talking about the whole fucking game. I think that, um, I think this plays out, probably when we're all gone, but I think this plays out with do countries exist or does it become one world? Because I think money is that big of an foundational conversation in the world. I just, I just don't see China and Russia, and America by the way, giving up that easily. Because you have to understand, if that's it, everything, it's a complete reset. Yeah. Well, I, th- this I, is the I, thing. We, I was talking about this with a guy the other day. I said, look, this, there's a reset coming one way or another. I mean, the global uh, financial system is in chaos at the moment. Um, you know, it cannot continue. And the World Bank, I think it was the World Bank, or the World Economic Forum came out the other day talking about the Great Reset because there's no money left. But I also think there's a second reset, which is one which is Bitcoin-based, whereby you know we're increasingly seeing the gravity of Bitcoin drawing people's money in. And it, you know, one of the big things is, I don't know if you know much about this, but do you know about like the fixed limit, the scarcity, the 21 million? Yes, I do. To me, to a lot of people, it all... This is one of the most important things about Bitcoin. No, no, it's, 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 what, the, reason, it's the reason it's different. Otherwise, yeah. I would sit here and say, you can just 
you can mine in perpetuity, just like you can yeah. print in perpetuity. I'm very aware of the restrictions. It's the biggest reason I, I buy rare sports cards. I was I gonna say, it's in, the same thing. Yeah, it's the same exact, I'm, I couldn't be, but again, this is all anybody needs to know. Long before I invested in Coinbase, which was five, actually, actually I bought Bitcoin much earlier because I invested in Coinbase in 2016. I, I don't know if I have to actually ask, hey, Josh Elman or Ashton or, or Aaron Battalion, if you're listening right now, please tell me when we bought. I, I couldn't even, you know how hard it was to buy it? Yeah, I, I, do. I didn't even know how to buy it. I needed my friends to help me, MSG or, or my brother AJ. Did I'm, you I'm keep trying to remember it? Who, I kept it, I have it. You still got it? I still got it. Yeah, I don't, sell, I don't sell things very often. Um, I, I still have it, but here's the thing with it. Oh, here's where I was going with that story. Yeah. I remember, this is why I just brought this up again. The second I heard the restriction is the second I decided to buy it. I understand. I think my point of view to the community is the word carnage. I understand it. I would actually argue because of probably what has everybody who's listening bullish on it, that it makes sense. You know, I don't think it's some weird cult or some bullshit. I understand, because I just, I, I mean, why, why is anything anything? It's a collective of people just deciding. I mean, I believe in this the fucking most. Um, what, I'm, what I'm not worried about, because I'm not really, I think I established early in the podcast why mm. maybe I'm not as deep. I just don't like money that way. If, if I liked money that way, let me explain what I mean. I would have started a VC firm you know, seven, eight years ago and made 20 million a year just to take meetings because of my 2%. Like, I, I just know myself and so I'm playing, I'm playing my life. That, mean, that doesn't mean I don't fully believe in the macro thesis, I do. I just think the more, f- not fun, the wildly fun, well, I'm gonna use fun again. For me, a man that really loves understanding human behavior and thinking about dominoes and chess, I think the part, and I don't know, maybe this is a major conversation in the Bitcoin community. I'm not close enough to it to know. I think what I believe is if it's to get to the holy grail, whatever one deems the holy grail, what the fuck does that mean in the macro? And I, I just, I just struggle with, uh, with the transition of governments in this environment because it's a big, big deal. Yeah, look, I won't deny that, and I've talked about that. And unlike, I apologize, one last thing. Yeah. And unlike you know, eBay coming around and fucking up Sotheby's or Amazon coming around and fucking up you know, retailers or Facebook coming around and fucking up MySpace, I don't think people realize it's governments that are gonna react to this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like I would be stunned if Bitcoin hits 200,000 that Russia and China don't ban it and put people in jail for having it. I would be stunned. Yeah. I would be on the record, I'd be shocked if at a, whatever the price and whatever the reason that Bitcoin crosses that chasm, not some guy putting 450 million in, which is fucking dog shit, and to your, you know, huge for Bitcoin, but dog shit in the conversation you and I are having, which is the world's money, right? Mm-hmm. If there is that tipping point, um, and I live to see it, I don't, I don't see any path that doesn't put more than half the world's leaders in a place where they completely ban it, comma, I would argue that America and the EU will do a cute version of it that doesn't look like a dictatorship 
And then to your point, my friend, when you whispered you don't have, they don't have a choice, now you get into the most interesting conversation of how big of a deal this combo is, which is then what? Well, then you play it out, right? So, I mean, China has banned it. Russia has he- heavily regulated it. The US says- Yeah, but, but, but as you know, because I know, because I know both of those points, ish. Because what they're doing, ish, because they're they're slightly hedging it enough to think through what they want to do about it. I'm not talking about today when it's still a pimple on the ass in the real conversation of economics. I mean that it's a bigger pimple than it was even three years ago. And if it becomes what we're talking about, when you, if it gets to 100, if it gets to 100 in the way that you said in next year, it's gonna be something that Russia and China are gonna be thinking about differently than they do about it today. And the, yeah, huh? and the question for me becomes, what happens when it hits that moment? Not, not when you fake ban it, or you watch it carefully, or you fool around with it, or what America does, which is makes it seem like it's getting incorporated. What happens when they actually are scared that the money's not worth anything? Well, you have to game it out, dude. Um, and that'll probably take us another 30, 40 minutes, two hours, and no, no, but you're think about, I think this is, honestly, this is where I think I can bring, not the most value, but I think it's, I, you know, I just, Vladimir Putin waking up this morning and realizing the trillion dollars he has hidden is worth nothing, or, is, or more importantly, let's talk about it real, is the, the starting indication of it potentially not being worth something in the next five years is not something he's gonna take passive. Mm-hmm. No, no. Look, look. Bitcoin has recognized this, Gary. Bitcoin has recognized that. Educate me. It is a so, threat. what does that mean? They, well, they recognize it's a threat, and so a few of the things they have to focus on is a couple of things: is decentralization. And who's they? Like people Peter. who work, people who are interested, people who work, developers, opinion people, you know, uh, people who invest in Bitcoin. There's a big focus on decentralization across the board, from developers to uh, nodes to mining, like t- to keep this as decentralized as possible. You cannot switch off Bitcoin right now, and that's fundamentally not possible right that, now. By the way, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not confused yeah. by that. But you yeah. can switch it off when, when 73% of the countries in the world make it 100% illegal. And you will go and put, you have to understand, this is not trading cocaine. This is not, this is, this is the whole game. So when China, Russia, Brazil, India say, if you are found in any shape or form to hold this product, that you will go to jail for a minimum of 20 years, it changes things. No, no, I get it. And let me say this, let me say this. It, there is nothing like it because it's the whole, that, that's what I'm fascinated by in the whole thing. It's so big that there is no comp. There's no missiles. Maybe the only comp was trading trading the actual information to the atomic bomb. Maybe that's the comp, but this is currency. This is the entire oxygen of society. But maybe this is then the ultimate fight for everyone's freedom. You know, I, I, and, by the way, I'm a buyer right of that. Yeah. No, yeah. Notice how I've alluded multiple times to no yeah. countries. Yeah, I just think that's a lot of carnage to get there. Yeah, but we've got to, we've went through a lot of carnage to get where we are now, where we need Bitcoin. I mean, global wars that we've had. You know, we've had. By the way, what, by the way, I'm a buyer of that. I think it's yeah. a tremendous point. So maybe this. Is I, the I just, I just, I just, I just think that like, are we, are we, are we ready for global war? Like, you know, like, you know, and when I say that, I mean like in the macro, it's fascinating. Like, like. 
you know, how does that play out individually, right? Like, like, okay, it gets banned in the UK. Banned, 20 years. Does your mother say to you, son, please, I, please just get rid of it? Like, like, you know, it gets very personal very fast. We're talking here on a podcast, theoretical. This is real talk and when it becomes real, what become the conversations? You know, people have lived in dictatorships for many, many years mm-hmm. because it's very hard to break them because you need everybody and if you're the first one, you get killed. You get, yeah. you know? But we, I guess that has to be gamed out when it happens because I don't see the UK suddenly uh, very quickly turn around saying you get 20 years in jail for banning this. I just don't won't. see that happening. I agree yeah. with you on that. But I, think soft... what you, but, I, but I think what you'll see is, I do think you'll see that in China, Russia, Brazil, and India. I do. And I think once they do that, what the democracies of the world do is gonna be fascinating. Well, if it becomes international settlement, it puts different pressures on different countries about what they can or will or won't accept. I mean, that's the ultimate goal, that it becomes a global settlement and then you can't not use it. I don't think the emerging power in the world is is in the benefit of this narrative. Okay. The first country to show any banning indication a couple years ago when the momentum hit was China, right? Uh huh. Let there be no confusion. No China on board, no global settlement. Hmm, I disagree. I think I okay. think you can. I think you can. I think if the rest of the world was settling in Bitcoin, they would have to. Now get into that yep. point. There's a long way off and I I just I just don't no, know no, what it's, it will. This is fa- but, listen, this is fascinating combo, you know, like uh, by the way, everybody's listening. This is stuff I've thought a lot about in the last 5 to 7 years. Um, almost everybody listening here has probably deeper Bitcoin knowledge than I do. The only thing I've been good at in my life is understanding human behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I've been f- focused on on this. This doesn't mean that there's not a play to come in at 18, you know, it goes to 47 as it's on its way to this big conversation we're having. You make that transaction, you decide to live your life how you want. For me, I choose to look back at this in 40 years and see how right, how wrong I am and these are the feelings I have inside of me now yeah. because I do think it's a big, big, big deal. It's almost like regulating oxygen. I, it, to me, it's the number one thing and it's fascinating and I enjoy the conversation. And uh, again, a lot of people are probably hearing me for the first time. I, I speak with passion. Don't confuse the passion with me thinking I know or I think I'm right. These are my passionate, mm-hmm. intuitive, uh, subjective curiosities, um, you know, and so uh, just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Well, listen, look, I'm conscious of your time, so I don't yeah, want to take keep, up. Let's keep going, though. Let's keep okay, going for another. Right. Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't want that to be the. Uh, okay, well, listen. Oh look. shit! I am late by ten minutes. You were right. Okay, right, listen, why don't we do this? Me... I'm gonna, I'm gonna come off. But since we took up so much of the oxygen in the macro, let's do a part two somewhere right. here in the next hundred days. And let's right. jam on it because I do have to run. I have a finance meeting. Let's do it. Let's ironically. Do it. Yeah. Well, listen. Look, I'll reach out to you. I'll drop you an email, and we'll, we'll fix up the second one. Cheers. All right. Episode's over. Please leave a review and subscribe up on Apple. It would mean a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to me. Thank you very much. Hey, podcast. Joe from Team Gary here. Today's highlighted review is best podcast ever by Willow Kid. Hands down the best podcast ever. Tons of value no matter what the topic. Thanks, Carrie. Love you, bro. Thanks, Willow Kid. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.